Boom, what up? Hello, bonjour, and hola, real leaders. This is Kevin Edwards, your host here, and I am so excited. You're tuning in to one of our amazing experiences. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, real, and loaded with inspiration, guaranteed to support your impact journey. So sit back, enjoy the listen, folks, share a review afterward, and always keep it real. Hey everybody, Brad Stevens here, founder and CEO of Outsource Access. We help companies redefine how they scale with offshore affordable staff from the Philippines. Congrats to all fellow winners of the 2023 Real Leaders Impact Awards. We are proud to be among you. About 10 years ago, I woke up to a major growth problem in my last business. Cash was tight, staff was overwhelmed, and tasks were not getting done. Then I discovered the world of offshore virtual staff in the Philippines where English is their second language, so there is no communication or culture gap. I realized outsourcing wasn't just call centers, it was access to college-educated Filipinos to support sales, marketing, operations, customer service, bookkeeping, personal tasks, and more. And in fact, the first woman I hired in the Philippines at 23 is now an award-winning COO of our entire company. It inspired me to launch Outsource Access. One client and YPO member, Ali Jamal, shared their offshore virtual staff Edison automated processes and saved them over 50000 per year in the first few weeks. It's about finally getting things done and staff focusing on higher value activities. We've grown by over 2,000% in just three and a half years and will double next year. To receive a complimentary outsourcing playbook customized for your industry and to connect with one of our team here at Outsource Access, just visit RedefineScale.com. That's RedefineScale.com or text the word SCALE to 770-954-8440. Two months after hiring my first staff, she sent me a picture of shoes she bought for low-income children because of the opportunity. And now we support thousands of families and the environment with United Nations SDG projects. I'm proud we've grown with impact. To learn more, visit RedefineScale.com. Five, four, three, two, and one. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of The Real Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Edwards, and joining us today, folks, we have Jillian Hanker, the president and co-founder at CSU Global Health. Jillian, thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm really excited to speak to everyone here. Of course. Well, I think you have a very interesting founder story. So when I ask you the question around like, how'd you fall into CSU Global Health? Like what resonates with you? What comes to mind? Uh, it brings me back onto my reflection that when I first started, you know, I come from a family of academics in healthcare. So my family is all nurses. I never would have thought entrepreneurship. I never would have thought leading a business. I never would have thought, you know, inventing a medical device myself. So that's where, you know, coming full circle to found a company from those roots uh, is is just, I didn't expect to be here. <laughs> and, and was there a, a moment, a challenge, an experience uh, that uh, inspired the concept of your medical device? Yes. So, uh, I was part of a, a program through the University of Michigan focused on maternal health, so specifically addressing maternal mortality with the Millennium Development Goals, and got to visit a hospital in uh, Ghana in West Africa called Kumfunoche Teaching Hospital. We got to source needs and see challenges that the staff and the patients faced, and we created medical devices 
brought them back, like 3D printed, uh, super glued, stapled, probably some gum and paper clips in there somewhere to get feedback from the users on, hey, is this something that would address these needs? Came back and, and saw such enthusiasm. I mean, people wanted to take these out of our hands. And as an engineer, I had to say, no, no, you can't use that right now on, on someone. Uh, they were demonstrating it themselves. You know, they were saying, hey, if you put this in your tea and I pump this, it will go here. And so it was just one of those where seeing the enthusiasm for just, you know, rudimentary spray painted prototypes really said, I think we have something here. And kind of that spark of, I, I want to go further and see what we can do. And now that device that was 3D printed uh, is now in five different countries, including throughout Sub-Saharan Africa, as well as Ukraine. So seeing that all, all through all the different stages of development was really the, the journey that I've had to create Sisu. Well, let's, let's think about those stages of development. I mean, how would you break down like the difference between you know, developing a product and then now where you are with, you know, commercially expanding it, like what were some of those key stages that stick out to you uh, that might be helpful for someone going through the same thing? Yeah, so I, I would say really uh, as an engineer, I thought everything was around design, right? All the fun part of post-it noting and working in, you know, CAD design software and uh, 3D printing it and testing it out. That is just kind of the early Genesis that then leads you to all the, the fun woes and scars that I have from manufacturing and design for manufacturing that aren't as, you know, so to say like sexy and cool, but so important and so critical for from an engineering standpoint to get that product out there, as well as alignment with all of the fun regulatory and, and uh, testing and documentation that has to go with it. So those were kind of the not so fun, but, you know, important critical steps for us to get this product in patients' hands, as well as integration within the hospital systems themselves, right? It's not just enough to put something on a shelf and have people use it. It's training, it's awareness, it's marketing. They're really important to build early with product development to then see its fruition later on once you actually get it in those folks' hands in its more finalized uh, stage. It's a clear mark of an impact company. You know, you guys are really solving uh, a social problem for, you know, a lot of individuals out there, providing something that otherwise wasn't there. And as you grow, you know, you solve that problem even more. Great sign of a purpose-driven organization. But let's talk about growth a little bit, Jillian. In terms of like customer acquisition, getting this product out in the hands and getting people to pay you for it. What are some takeaways that you want to make sure you, uh, you know, encourage and relay to your team in terms of actually driving some sales? It's really about understanding the value that our product and our company brings, right? So people will pay when they see value. And so for our customer acquisition, it's positioning it to the hospitals and to the users. And again, not every user is going to get it immediately. But my favorite is when, you know, we have a surgeon, uh, I'll, I remember a, a hip replacement surgery where this surgeon was interested to try hemofuse, but the anesthesiologist was like, what is this? It's another new, new thingamabob and what is going on? And then, you know, we use hemofuse, it collects the blood, it filters it, it gives it back into a blood bag and you hand that blood bag to the anesthesiologist. And they're like, 
we love that we don't have to order blood and you got it just right now and it's the patient's own and I have this resource. And believe me, he, our, our trainer went out to lunch and they chatted about it and completely turned him around. So seeing that where the value is realized real time is great as well as telling my team, hey, these are the experiences and the folks that are going to be able to better tell our story and that value to those customers as well as you know the environment so we're looking at going into south africa there's issues with electricity they're load shedding uh or they're they're going without electricity electricity for like 16 hours sometimes at least 10 hours a day our device doesn't have any electrical components so you don't need to run a generator for our device and that's where we can say hey there's a need here there's value here to provide blood which so many uh, places in healthcare need that we can then say, hey, this is a valuable resource and you should, you should buy it for your hospital. It's really interesting because you focus in, like, in these emerging markets and like, it seems like your approach is wildly and vastly different than like our approach. Um, I'm like, I'd love for you to like go into detail a little bit more in terms of this go-to-market strategy. Are your people going directly to those hospitals? They like, like a bull rush just showing up? You're Hey, here's their medical device. Do you have any time? Tell me a little bit more about um, the finesse of trying to get those kind of the right people to sell the product for you. Help me understand how that works. Yes. So we have a a great couple of folks on our team that do more business development. So it's about uh, one of our uh, core values is like inclusivity and, and seeing customers as partners as well. So really engaging them from a partnership standpoint to provide them that value. So we have some business development folks that go to some of the major hospitals or kind of those key opinion leader hospitals, as well as working with our partners on the ground. So we work with local distributors who already have relationships and maybe have some devices that are are already in surgery that Hemafuse, our device, can fit in nicely with and be better suited to be sold together or in partnership with that uh, distributor. So that's where we have partners on the ground, as well as our own team, really focusing on who are those key influential uh, users in that market, um, specifically in Sub-Saharan Africa, as well as uh, some of our NGO partners in Ukraine. And if you think about like um, the golden ticket, Jillian, like typically it's advocacy. If your customers can get to that stage, they start advocating for you. Um, do you give your partners, in this case, um, opportunity to advocate with other people in the field? How have you seen the, a flywheel approach in your business? Yes, so definitely. So we work with our partners to also uh, be at conferences or to speak uh, about the influence that Hemafuse has had on their hospitals, on their patients, as well as then looking at you know publishing and academia. So we're still working towards getting uh, independent research and having that understanding more widely available for folks even outside of uh, Sub-Saharan Africa, even here in the US. So that's where we're spurring on more of the publication, but definitely have seen a lot of great uh, speaking engagements that folks have done about our product and the impact it's had on their patients. So we talked about growth in terms of sales perspective. What about the people in your organization, Jillian? from a recruiting aspect to the culture you're trying to build, what are some of those core values that are required to work at CISU Global Health? 
Definitely. So the word Sisu is actually a Finnish term uh, and it means perseverance through adversity. So one of our core, uh, core values is tenacity. So being able to understand the perseverance and the grit that is required to work not only in uh, emerging markets where we're currently at, as well as in medical device, which is not a slope uh, or is not a fast process uh, turnover, as well as you know startup culture and just being always being able to turn a nickel into a dollar. Uh, so from that standpoint, tenacity, as well as then respect, inclusivity, and again, we see inclusivity as stakeholder inclusivity. So bringing in customers, users, champions, decision makers to understand our values and our value proposition of our products, as well as learning culture. So I have so many scars from, from the process of uh, growing throughout the product development process, as well as a leader. Uh, that it's all about learning culture and having that fast turnaround and being open to learning and understanding from a variety of mentors and other folks that are experts in their field. Spoken like a true leader. And I think that that would be something that showing that most people would find helpful are the failures, are the difficult times, the trials, tribulations. Um, when I ask you about, you know, one of the most recent difficult challenges you face as a leader, what resonates with you? So uh, from a, a more recent failure or like difficulty, I think it's it's the times that we're in with just some of the economic environments, especially mm. with the places that we're looking at, mm. uh, you know, inflation and other things we, we think about here if folks are coming in from the US, but overseas, it's actually, if you can imagine even double, triple what we're experiencing here. So being able to be partners with our folks on our pricing and our commitment to engagement with them, to understand how to position, make sure that we're still meeting our goals while there are just all these external factors that are happening. So keeping folks motivated, keeping them engaged and maintaining the course to reach, you know, reach our milestones and our, our goals. And, and thinking about the engagement in your company, like. Actually, how do you think about that? Do you have a certain incentive that seems to be working for you? Is it uh, compensation? Is it bonuses? Is it buy-in? Is it just the culture of perseverance? Is it helping others? Like, In terms of keeping the culture intact and providing that incentive system, what's been working for you? I, I would say it's, it's our mission. And it's really the impact and seeing those case studies come in where we can see the difference that we make for a patient, for uh, a hospital, for users, as well as, yeah, keep keeping us motivated on like reaching our goals. So everyone loves checking something off their list or, or making a goal that really helps people to, to stay motivated. But yeah, seeing, you know, especially for some of our distributors, one of which, you know, in Ghana is, is passionate about the concept of auto transfusion and like passionate about getting blood resources to like rural areas. That is something where when he saw Hemofuse, he's like, I, I love this device. I want to bring it to the people, bring it to the folks that need it. And so again, seeing that alignment with our value proposition, not just on the monetary side, but really on the impact it can has, has been our, our most successful partnerships. I like that. Yeah. It seems like, there's a lot of folks that kind of see a vision within your vision, you know, like they're attracted to uh, a similar mindset, similar story, similar destiny, if you will. Um, and mm -hmm. one of the, the tricky things about growth is like, what got you here isn't going to get you there. 
and humans just in general, we're always focused on tomorrow, not necessarily always today. What are some things that you're currently focused on, you're trying to work on yourself, whether it's in your business or in your, in your personal life? I, I would say within our, our business, again, it's, it's positioning ourselves to scale as effectively and gain, you know, allow this device to be as accessible as possible. So I'm constantly thinking about how, like we just recently had a, a training where it was a, a language barrier, it was virtual, it was a lot of different challenges and that just happened on Monday and I'm like thinking now, okay, how do we build, you know, I'm sending notes to our team. How do we label this? How do we address this? How do we address this? So constantly thinking about, okay, what do we need to do now to scale and to get that growth that are going to be somewhat feel like incremental steps, like labeling a piece of equipment in our training kit, but also probably make a, a difference down the line on being able to say, hey, we can ship this and there's a, a smoothed out system for getting more people trained and, and uh, knowledgeable about our device. And a lot of people think of scale a little bit differently. Like when I ask the question, like, what does scale mean to you? How do you think about it? I think about patient impact. So mm -hmm. for me, it's about how many patients are, uh, or how many users are using our device on patients. And for, for medical, for healthcare, I want to know that the most number of people are getting the healthcare that they need, no matter where they're at. If it's in rural Kenya, if it's, you know, in city in Ghana, if it's in the front lines in Ukraine, that's where I want to know how many people, uh, patients in particular, are being impacted by our device. I love that. And of course, impact is what we focus here on here, are we leaders? Um, but everyone kind of defines it differently. I'm just always curious, Julian, like, how do you define what impact is? Uh, yeah, so we've gone through, again, as an engineer, I tend to want to have something very measurable, tangible. For, for that, so I tend to look to the, the healthcare uh, metric side, but I also am you know, finding more indirect ways to also measure impact in terms of beneficiaries for whole ecosystems of our device, right? So our device can provide a patient's own blood back to them immediately without needing to rely on donor blood. So what sort of impact do we have, not only on that individual patient, but what about the blood ecosystem? How much of a resource are we providing to maybe a cancer patient that can't use our device directly because ours is a surgical device, but what impact can we have on that patient population that's not directly in our line of sight for this first device that we have and how it's adjacently and indirectly affecting those that aren't using it? Interesting. I'm sure like there's so many case studies or just examples like that in your business where they, like you want to do more, you have an idea, someone brings an idea to you. What have you learned about, you know, not chasing ideas or staying focused on what you need to do? Like, how do you think about prioritization? Yes, I, I will say with uh, when COVID came up, there was uh, a lot of people, especially on the medical device side, were looking at how can we assist on masks or face shields and things like that. And, you know, uh, we're, we're going through it and, and seeing what our capacity was and what we could do to help, but really understanding, okay, our best way to help is to assist with knowledge to those who might not be in this field yet and might want to know, okay, connections to hospitals or, or making sure things go to the right places where we might have connections, but really saying, okay, what is the core value? Again, kind of going back to that 
that value proposition, what can we provide as a company? And for us during COVID, surgeries uh, were less frequent and blood was definitely a big issue. And I think even in the US, we saw that where people were just not donating blood. And even now the numbers of donations have, have not risen to what they were pre-COVID. We can provide, again, an augmented solution with our Hemofuse device that says we can provide blood and stay on that course, uh, even aligning it with other causes that are, again, indirect like COVID. It's remarkable work that you guys are doing here. And of course, uh, tremendous respect for the leaders running the organization. Let's bring this home, Jillian. In all of this, what is your definition of a real leader? Uh, so from the lens that I, I come from and what, what fits for me is I, I wanna be out there in front leading by example and, and taking charge and showing and bringing my team along with me, pulling in that same direction, right? So I wanna make sure that everyone is motivated, excited and pulling in the same direction with me as I kind of like to be in the trenches leading out front. So I've, I'm one of the folks that saw our first complete surgeries in Kenya. I'm one of the folks that saw you know our first manufactured device. Like I wanna be there with the team, showing them how, how it's done and bringing them with me and, and pulling them all together. Love that. For Jillian Hanker, I'm Kevin Edwards, asking you to go out there, lead by example, and always keep it real. Thanks, Jillian. Hey, Releaders, thanks again for listening to this amazing episode. And if you're someone like me who goes all the way to the end just to make sure I can extract as much information, education, and inspiration out of every single interview, might I suggest you check out our magazine. If you go online to Releaders.com today, you're going to get the first 30 days for free where you're going to be able to access all of our magazines courses and live events from some of the top thought leaders around the world. All you have to do is go online to realleaders.com and click the subscribe button in the top right corner to get your free 30-day trial right now. Again, that's real-leaders.com. Thanks again for being a real leader and always keep it real.